Welcome to Inspiration and Adaptation. I'm Asia Freeman, Artistic Director of Bunnell Street Art Center in Homer, Alaska, situated on the lands of Niknapsin, Kayakinu, Ninilchik Village Tribe. Lands that have been sustainably stewarded for thousands of years since time immemorial by the indigenous people of this region. Tinan, Chiknik, Kayana, thank you. We are committed to resisting colonialism by partnering with indigenous artists and supporting indigenous-led practices. Joining me today are three fantastic new friends from the Huerta area of Sweden. Tumas Gustafsson, Meta Muli, and Vera Stenab. I'm going to ask each of these wonderful people to present a brief self-introduction, a little bit of biographical information, and then we will talk about Huevda um, and how Sweden is maneuvering the pandemic creatively in these times. May I invite you to start, Thomas. Yes. <clears throat> Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Thomas. And I'm uh, originally from uh, Stockholm, uh, the capital of Sweden, but I moved to Skövde a little over 10 years ago uh, to find peace and quiet in the Swedish countryside. Uh, I, work at, uh, I, I work at the Skövde Art Museum as a curator. Uh, I work with the, the, our exhibitions and our public art and also uh, uh, our residency program. Uh, which led us to Homer and Alaska uh, last year. So, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, as you said, Isha, it's nice to be among friends. Uh, feels like Alaska is, uh, and, and Homer is, uh, even if we're uh, oceans apart, it feels like uh, we have really connected this last year. And uh, yeah, I'm really, excited about this uh, evening and also our work that we're doing together and uh, hopefully we'll do more um, in the future. So yeah, um, I, I live here, you um, will see pictures later on. Uh, uh, I live with my wife and two kids. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Welcome to us. We're so happy that you can join us from from Huerta, Sweden. Meta, um, can I invite you to, to share a, a self-introduction? Thank you, Aisha. Uh, so nice to be here and so nice to see you, all of you. Um, I live in Gothenburg, which is about two hours from Huerta, and I have been working at Huerta Art Museum uh, for about three years now. And I'm a curator of programming, audience development, and also together with Thomas, I'm running the artist in residency airs that made us come to Homer and Anchorage in Alaska. So at the museum, we focus on modern art and contemporary art, and we try to reach a broad audience. We work locally, um, nationally and internationally. And in our residency program, we invite one artist per year, but from now on, from this year, we invite two artists per year. So we're really glad to work with you in Alaska. And we, we're gonna have Melissa Shaganoff and Mandy Bernard with us 
next year because it's postponed till 2021. So we're very happy to collaborate with all of you. It's so fantastic to have you both here today. And we're, we're really grateful that we can build our dialogue and our connection in anticipation of our residency exchange, which for us in Alaska is supported by the um, Alaska Community Foundation's Ermes Gavinius Fund. And as you bring Mandy Bernard to Sweden, we will bring Barrett Stenab to Alaska. So let's, um, let's hear from Barrett next. If you would please uh, give us a little self-introduction. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, I was born in Skövde, and I moved from Skövde when I uh, finished upper secondary school around 18 years old. So Skövde is my hometown. Uh, but now I live in the countryside, uh, not very far from Skövde. And uh, I work as an, con uh, uh, con con uh, uh, an artist in the countryside here. And I was uh, surprisingly invited by Skövde Museum and uh, Bunnell Arts to be a residency artist. It was supposed to be this uh, October and November, but uh, it turns out that the pandemic and everything that is happening now made us uh, postpone the, the stay. So hopefully next year, about this time of the year, we're going to meet in Homer. And I'm looking forward to this very, very much. And I'm very honored to, to be part of the project uh, and the whole uh, collaboration between Skövde and uh, Alaska. So yeah. thank you, Barrett. As we um, anticipate this residence exchange, um, we have this opportunity, we don't know how long it is, to get to know each other a little bit better and build this connection between our communities. And so um, as we've discussed, my thinking is, here is an opportunity for us to learn a little bit more about yourselves at this time and how Sweden is handling the pandemic and what, um, what kind of regulations are in place and how it's shaped life for the typical citizen. I'd love to invite Thomas to respond to these questions, beginning with you know, these thoughts and how you feel Sweden is um, maneuvering the the pandemic? Do you, do you feel like it has good leadership? How are you, how are you guys doing? Actually, who, who knows, really? Uh, uh, Sweden was uh, early on in the pandemic seen as the black sheep of the global family, but then all of a sudden uh, everybody said that Sweden was doing the right thing. Uh, and now we're sort of in between. We're back. Uh, we've seen a uh, slight uh, increase in numbers again and uh, just yesterday Denmark closed its border uh, to Sweden again uh, due to the rising numbers in, in the southern part of Sweden. Um, so uh, I would say that we will see in the future if uh, how we did but uh, I would say that people in general uh, I think that the rising numbers that we see now are due to the fact that people or the general Swede has sort of get fed, got fed up with, uh, with the COVID and just uh, said, 
uh, yeah, fuck it, let's go back to normal, more or less. Um, and since uh, we never really shut down as you guys did, uh, it, but uh, during the, the spring and summertime, people were uh, still changing their behaviors. But, but now it feels like people are more and more going back to uh, post COVID. And uh, yeah, and, and COVID actually, we're doing pretty good at the moment, but uh, in, in the bigger cities, uh, there has been just this last week or two has been uh, an, an increase in, in numbers and uh, the, the hospitals are starting to fill up again. So, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. How, Meta and, and Bareth, how, how are your families managing the, the pandemic? Has life changed very much? Uh, for me, as uh, I live alone, it's been quite lonely at times, especially in the beginning when we weren't really sure about what was going to happen. So, for example, I mean, I only met my mom outside in the garden. I have a summer house just outside Kövde. So my car um, and my house made my life manageable. I could go there at any time and I could actually by time invite my mother, invite my friends, and we could meet outside in the garden. But otherwise it's been quite quite lonely here, working from home and so on. And also my brother lives in Indonesia and he had a severe accident and that was also quite scary because we couldn't go and see him. He's fine now, but it was some months that was quite tough for the whole family. And um, yeah, but now it's, uh, I'm meeting people and, um, Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it has been since March. Uh, 
public gatherings no, of no more than 50 people, but from starting 1st of November, uh, they will allow people to gather if they're uh, up to 300, if they are seated and have more than one meter apart. So for the cultural sector yeah. and uh, also sports arenas will be able to not go back to normal, but uh, function better and, and theaters and cinemas will reopen uh, because all of that has been yeah. more or less closed down since uh, March. And so in yeah. the United States, you know, many small businesses are deeply affected and some are closing. Unemployment has risen sharply. How does, how, how does the economy feel in your area? Um, and maybe perhaps you could share some, some images a bit as we get into this, but I'm just curious to know, um, you know, if, if it feels really contracted, although Sweden has remained open, does our businesses suffering? Yeah, of course, uh, many, many, many people have been out of the jobs and they have been uh, sort of uh, very much affected about the economical uh, situation in Sweden. So it's been really tough and it's getting tough also a long time, I guess, in the future for these um, people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there a specific and economic relief being provided as we have some in the United States through the government for, for um, you know, temporary relief? Uh, yes. If you mean, uh, we have a, a minister of culture that is named Anna Lind and uh, there has been a lot of discussions about uh, people working, for example, in the culture sector. Uh, we had something called uh, a crisis uh, support. I think it's about 1.5 billion, billion yeah. crowns, yeah, Swedish crowns, that are supposed to cover the loss of, of uh, the economical loss that people have. But it has been a big discussion about whether the right people get this money, and uh, we we will see how it how it will turn out. But there is some relief. There is some you could apply to get some help during this time, and also in in any sector, there are ways to sort of um, uh, overcome this hard time for a short while. There are some regulations. And companies that you could use so you could survive. And we're looking at some images of, of life in, in the area. Thomas, could you give us a little orientation to what we see here? So uh, actually this is uh, Mette's cottage. Uh, so I don't know if you want to say a few words about it or if I just... Mette? Um, yeah, this is just the place where I have spent most of the time since the pandemic started and uh, as we have been working from home mostly, I mean, uh, as I commute, I'm not allowed by the municipality to come to work more than absolutely uh, necessary days. So um, this is where I've been working from mostly, also a bit from Gothenburg, but, but mostly here. So it's been lonely, but manageable to work in this 
<laughs> environment. Yeah. It's difficult to work without context. So yes, and the other yeah. So this is the picture, and the other picture we saw is some pictures from Kövde and the cultural center where the art museum is situated. And just tell us, your cottage is is outside of the city, very far. Uh, same like Thomas, kind of. We live ten minutes apart, so it's uh, about uh, twenty minutes from uh, from Kövde. Oh, there's Thomas little house. Yeah. Yeah, this is where I live. Uh, this is uh, from today, so uh, you get a sense of, uh, I don't know why, why it's continuing to change images. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah so, so this is... Uh, and this is your... I, I, I have like a pause button, but, but it doesn't work. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so this is where I live, uh, and uh, it's a 15-minute drive from, from the city, but it's in, in the countryside. And this is a five-minute walk from our house. This is kids admiring the view. Uh, you can see for miles and miles and miles, uh, since we're up on a, uh, up on a mountain. Uh, but as you can see, it's not as... Uh, uh, it, it's kind of, it's not as a landscape, it's kind of flat, uh, the landscape here, uh, with a few mountain tops. Well, we have big flat areas in Alaska, so it still looks very familiar. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, we, we didn't really see that, we only see, saw the mountains. Mm -hmm. uh, Could you, um, go yeah. ahead. These images are uh, related to, um, uh, th this is from last summer, so it's uh, before the pandemic, but uh, what we have done and, and are continuing to do is to, to move outdoors. Uh, so this is our one of our uh, works that has been going on uh, outdoors. This is a Swedish artist called Elin Wikström, and she is a performance artist and she was uh, doing this performance. Uh, the group in the background is uh, uh, one of our tour guides uh, talking about the public art in Skövde. So she was sort of uh, working with him or, or uh, working alone, but in relation to his to this public tours. Uh, and, and she, this curved line you see that she's working on uh, are uh, the, the size of an, uh, a paper. Uh, and uh, she was interested in how how we work with text and how how you can communicate with people uh, without using the straight line and and, and the computerized uh, letter. So uh, and she did this in in several ways, uh, and this was one of them. Uh, so it's just crayon on on. Uh, uh, th this is just outside of the of the cultural house. Uh, so it's uh, just by the train station in Skövde. And uh, this one is... Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, this is Lola Amira, a uh, South African artist. And she was uh, our artist in residence for... Uh, uh, in 2017. And she... Yeah. I give up. <laughs> it, it just continues. 
it's my computer. I think it, it's uh, fed up with us. Uh, Mette, would you like to say something about uh, uh, this? I think Asia something that. Asia yeah. was going to ask a question, I think, so we can pause it there. Oh, yeah. just, just curious what you're doing here. Okay, so this is another thing that we actually had time to develop during the pandemic. We call it Kunstmuseet on Tour, um, the art museum on tour. So instead of uh, inviting visitors to us, I mean, we have been open during the whole pandemic, actually. So we had visitors, but we're also trying to take the art with us outdoors to the community to the villages and to the people outdoors so this was a, a first try that we did we did a little small parade this is our crew uh, the five of us we are seven plus some extras uh, so we took the art we went to town we met people and we made a little outdoor walking exhibitions just talking to people and um, giving them our uh, new program and just showing them the art in town. So this is something that we developed during uh, this year and uh, a part of it is these tours but we're also going to do talks in the small villages and we are also thinking about actually opening exhibition in, uh, in uh, homes of people who live in Kodda. So we're going to do home exhibition but that will be after the pandemic. Are all the new ideas resulting from the pandemic? Uh, we had the ideas, but we had the time to develop them during the pandemic. Mm. Uh, so it's an attempt to reach out to the local and the regional a bit more, because we work a lot, a lot internationally. I mean, we went to Alaska. We work with Alaskan artists. <laughs> we went to different parts of the world. Uh, but we realized that now is the time to take time to focus on Kopta and the people who actually live around us and focus more to get to know the artists, to get to know the audience. And uh, now we have the time. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Do you have a few more images you'd like to share, Thomas? I don't know if I dare to press any buttons at, the, uh, buttons at this moment. I don't know what will happen. <laughs> okay. Well, let's yeah, then... Yeah. Oh, there we go. Images of the museum. Yeah. Yeah. Before a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of things going on in there. Painting to music. Wow. How frequently would something like that happen? when someone Depends. comes up with their idea yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah we, we don't have any or, or, or of course we have uh, reoccurring things but uh, often the programming is connected to the exhibitions mm -hmm. so this was an ex exhibition about uh, um, a, a piece of music and uh, the images that it created uh, so, uh, therefore, the, the ensemble that played the, the, the piece also played for the local art school. So, uh, uh, while they were doing this uh, uh, collaborative uh, painting. Actually improvising even. The musicians were improvising and the, yeah. uh, the art students were painting to the music, but sometimes it changed. The musicians painted to 
uh, the musicians played uh, to the paintings, so they were like following each other, looking at each other and changing uh, uh, the sound and what they painted, depending on what they uh, heard or saw. So it was quite an interesting event. Yeah. Could you see something like that happening today with people in this proximity or this kind of activity during the pandemic? Yeah, as long as they keep a good distance from each other. Uh, as we said earlier, we haven't really shut down. Uh, the museum has been open uh, during this whole time. And uh, the only thing we did actually was uh, cancel the, the, the opening program uh, for the summer uh, exhibition. Uh, but we had an opening just last week. Uh, and uh, managed to 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 keep under the limit of 50 people at the same time even if more than 50 people came to the opening but we managed to keep them in separate rooms and and uh, having them come and go uh, accordingly so uh, so so we have been we have been for us it has been business as usual uh, but we have a, a, a theater and a cinema in the uh, cultural center as well, and they has of course been closed uh, more or less uh, in total since uh, March. But we didn't really ar arrange any programs since then. This was like the first ones now when we had some exhibition openings. So we had some guided tours, but with very few people and outdoors most of it. So we didn't have like any lectures or performance and so on for many months we've been open. Mm -hmm. Thank you so yeah, much. So, so oh, this ahead. is the, 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 the cultural center. It's a vast building. Uh, it's like 10,000 square meters or more. Uh, so it's a real, a real treat to, to, to work in this environment. And th this is actually the oldest uh, cultural center in Sweden. Uh, it, it's, it, it was built in uh, 1964. Mm. So maybe I should quit the sharing and see you guys again, because also what happens when you share a screen, I, I didn't realize that, but everything disappears. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you so much. Okay. It's, it's great yeah. to see. Um, you know, to see these images. And I'm curious to hear about how artists are responding to, to the pandemic. And so, of course, um, I understand that, that Bareth has been doing a project. Um, tell us a little bit about um, the project that you've been doing at the museum, Bareth. And I'm going to turn to your images here um, so that we can kind of have a little bit of an orientation to uh, what you're doing. Vera? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was this, ex excuse me, did you want to ask me something? Well, um, I understand that you applied to, to do a project called Motet or Meeting at the, at the Huevda Culture House prior to the pandemic. And so this has been an ongoing project unfolding for some time. Yes, um, 
I submitted the two pieces to the exhibition Skaraborg Salongen. That's the salon for the place where we live here. And uh, many people uh, go to this uh, exhibition and um, share this space. And I had uh, one um, piece accepted that was a crush, uh, a meeting place, you could say, made of crochet. And I also invited people to sort of crochet in the whole piece if they wanted, or just lay down and rest or breathe or speak or sit or whatever. And um, like uh, another limb or an arm from this piece, I wanted to do a meeting uh, that was more directed to people that visited the, the exhibition. A sort of a space that was a, a warning tape taped directly on the floor, uh, approximately two square meters in, in the space. And uh, you could see it here somewhere. We could stop somewhere right there, yeah. <laughs> and um, my thought was, uh, I sub submitted this work before the, the actual pandemic started, so we didn't know what was going on, actually. And my wish and my work recently and for many years has been about meetings or the lack of meetings in society. We see each other on screens and we put images of ourselves on different platforms. And maybe we think we meet, but the physical meeting in a physical space is quite rare. Um, and so that is an uh, exploration that I've been doing for years, but it has taken different shapes, you could say, and different forms. But suddenly when the pandemic was a fact, uh, this space was also uh, maybe a strange meeting place because suddenly we couldn't meet and it was sort of dangerous to meet. So it got even more um, exciting to have this um, experiment going on because I didn't know if people were gonna come and try to meet in the space or uh, because I thought maybe they they would be really scared to meet uh, during this time but uh, some did and the meetings were very very special uh, it depended on who I met uh, like in this picture that you see right here, there was a person that uh, has an occupation where she meets people all the time and suddenly she couldn't meet the children that she was used to meet and uh, all the programs were sort of cancelled and she was very, very frustrated. So she just wanted to have a, a really um, a disco picnic with me in the space. <laughs> And she brought all her makeup and the uh, wigs and uh, something to drink and we put on the fake lashes and we just had a really good time. And of course, during this one and a half hour, we were talking a lot about the pandemic because we both have children. 
And how do you speak to your children about this? Really scary thing. But that was one kind of a meeting. This is another meeting with um, uh, a person who, who works with the art. And uh, we were talking about how artists survive in this uh, country and in ev every country, sort of uh, go from one employment to the other and projects. And, you know, it's, it's a quite um, difficult way to live. And um, he also talked a lot about the lack of uh, art in schools and for children, how we need to sort of regain that really strong. Uh, uh, it's necessary for children and people to, to experience art. And as they have a strange politi political uh, discussion, whether the arts is necessary or not in school, this is really frightening. So we had a really good, intense talk about this. Yeah, this is also a very strange meeting that we had. It's an artist uh, who's called, her name is uh, Annette Schlander. And we met before in several occasions and in collaborations also. And she said it was okay for me to tell you this because this is a story that could be sort of told everywhere in the world right now. Her mom is in a nursery home uh, for elderly people. And she's slowly uh, going somewhere else in, in her mind. And uh, she doesn't really, how to say, when, when Manette meets her mother, it's very frustrating. She has to meet her behind the visir. How do you say that word? Visir or plexiglass. And they can't hug. I mean, no one can hug these days. And it's so sad. And her mom uh, tells Annette that the life is like a, an uh, empty bag. And if you don't fill the empty bag with, nothing, with something, then you have nothing. And then she said, but I don't even have a bag. So, I mean, it's, it's like from this very sad, sad story, we sort of uh, met and we, we played around with the bags. From the beginning, we, we wanted to make suits from plastic bags because we wanted to hug. Annette and I haven't hugged for a long time either. <laughs> so... But it turned out that, that the plastic bags, we didn't have enough of them. So we, we used the, the brown uh, paper bags. And this installation was the sound. I mean, she threw all the bags into the art museum and the sound from this was amazing. We collected the sound and then she was buried in the bags. And then all of a sudden we were like this, sitting in front of each other with the bags on our heads and sort of apart from each other. And, you know, if you have an anxiety attack, there is also a thing that you could use a, a, a bag to sort of regain your breath. So there were so many very funny moments, but also very sad moments. And I think we both just cried and, and laughed for the whole time. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a strange meeting. Yeah. And this is the other art piece that I uh, had uh, on this exhibition. And um, here I try movements uh, according to what is happening right now, I guess. Uh, washing hands, uh, feeling the the pressure of of not knowing, and um, yeah, a sort of a bodily work that comes directly from the environment. I would say. What does the net? What does the net represent in in your work? The 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 string and the web that you create. Mm -hmm. From the beginning, it was only one little uh, crochet thing. <laughs> and that was the first breath that um, I could sort of uh, do. And then I continued to crochet and it grows out different spaces and different uh, bodies and different occasions. So it's like it's a, it's a, transforming amoeba i don't know words uh, i don't know the word in english but something that sort of adapts because of the environment and it it sort of uh, uh, for me it's it's a way to to be able to to just be uh, the crochet have, has been with me for a very long time and it takes different uh, shapes uh, uh, and it always depends on how the room is uh, feeling and uh, the people i meet so uh, so in yeah. that sense is it a kind of uh, a kind of record of the ongoing adaptations and connections yeah feelings breathing how the environment um, sort of is <laughs> is affecting me yeah you could say that thank you this, yeah this is a picture from the finissage uh, luckily the art museum uh, had like a finishing um, party or what you what you could say not a vernissage but a finissage and um, here is a, a friend of mine that uh, dances in the square in the Mötet. And actually, this is the last time I see Mötet in this room because right after this, we tear up the tape and uh, we sort of wish that we'd never, never have to be enclosed again trapped in this pandemic uncertainty. So it was a real, uh, uh, real treat to, to take away the tape and sort of decide that we are not enclosed anymore by anything. How long ago was that? That was the September 13, on September 13. Wow, so all of this happened pre-pandemic. 
no, no. Oh, September 13th, just, oh yeah, okay, right. <laughs> I can't figure out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a, like a month ago, Yeah, a month ago. Yeah. And the meeting also, um, well, not only did I meet a lot of people and uh, had wonderful conversations and uh, most of all trust from people that wanted to share something with me. Um, it was also a place for me to sort of face my own fear. And um, I felt pretty uh, small uh, uh, most of the time in this uh, pandemic time when I really thought about what could happen to, to my family and my children. And, and um, so this was one of those mo moments and a little cuddly thing you see there. It's a thing that my daughter made when she was smaller, uh, the cat. And uh, next to that is a, a bag of seeds with What's the name of this flower? I always forget. Help me, Thomas or Mette. Ringblomma. It looks like calendula. Yeah. Yes, yes. And uh, this flower is said to have very healing uh, powers. And um, I chose all these objects with the color orange because uh, at one time in my life, when I tried to rebuild a lot of things in my body, I was automatically drawn to the color orange and I didn't know why. Uh, but later on, I read about certain um, vitamins and uh, minerals and um, these things that were sort of orange and uh, they were supposed to, I guess, make me feel good again. And uh, there is something powerful also with the color orange. So, um, yeah, in this photo, there is hope, but I feel really scared when, uh, when, uh, when I was there. I felt really scared. Has anybody in your, your family, for, for the three of you, has anybody been really sick from COVID? Have you lost anybody? No, luckily no. no. I have in my family had the first person um, uh, who was tested positive for COVID, but the symptoms were very, very light. Just uh, the smell disappeared and the taste disappeared. Nothing um, that could harm, really. But. It was scary. Yeah. And what are we looking at here? Yeah. This is a um, performance artist and singer, Ida Gersh. She and her Polish friend, uh, Alexandra, they came to the museum and I was actually their first audience. They used Zoom, uh, the computer, and they, um, they gave each other a word that they didn't know from each other's language, Polish and Swedish. 
And then in the method in, in the space, they saw uh, Ida who is sitting here, she, she performed for um, uh, Alexandra with looking at her. And I was filming, so I was their own first audience ever. They had been having this conversation and collaboration uh, throughout the whole pandemic time. And it's about um, uh, learning a language with your body, not knowing the words. And it's a really interesting process. And I got to see the first show. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and um, I also try to understand what the space does with the body. What is what it what it does with you when you have to be inside something and not being able to get out. And this is also a question that I have been asking uh, in my artistic work earlier in, in different ways. What happens with restrictions within your body or outside your body? I think this is Ida's feet. She's gonna start performing here. <laughs> yeah, this is also a wonderful meeting. She uh, works with art. She also works at the art museum and she meets a lot of people during this pandemic time. And um, she had quite a few guests this uh, spring, but still some that she had very good conversations with. And she talked a lot about um, her other job. She works at the cemetery and she's she, she, she told me that she, she had to be very gentle when she was meeting people, uh, taking care of the flowers at the cemetery, and that she learned lessons about not being too, too fast when she watered the plants. And yeah, we had a really good conversation. That also included uh, bodily work. She, she, she showed me uh, a yoga that she had invented. And uh, it was really nice to take, uh, take uh, uh, part of that uh, because she had a lot to say about the body as a battlefield, like a commercial battlefield. She's a very special person. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And this is also from the finissage. And uh, a lot of things happen there with the sound for, for starters, but it was a, a really good uh, experience that uh, improvisation is really good to know. And uh, I uh, um, and my friend, we had this little uh, performance and it didn't turn out the way we thought, but nothing ever does. And uh, I really enjoyed being there with, the, with an audience and with people that sort of responded. Well, I want to thank you so much for sharing these um, images. And um, 
to ask if, if any of those who have joined us have questions they would like to ask of, of Bereth or Thomas and Meta. You're welcome to speak up. I, I just want to say thank you, Bereth, as well, uh, for showing. I, I've seen some of these, but since this was a, a summer exhibition, I was on my summer vacation as well. So it was really nice yeah. to. Be, Imagine that you have to go to Alaska to, to know what happened uh, <laughs> at, at the Art Museum during the summer. Yeah. <laughs> I agree, Barrett. Thank you so much for sharing. And you did a great work in the exhibition. Really nice. I hope that we have the time to, to share this for our Kövde audience as well in some way or another, because you did good. It's so nice to work with you. and. You also followed the, the public art tour in the summer and you did some um, performance yeah. during the summer as well in the public space. And thank you so much for that. Yeah, thank you. And I forgot to say that all these meetings were filmed. Some of them are not going to be shown. It was just like a documentation of what happened because um, is it the meeting? Uh, how do you retell a meeting? That's also an artistic question, and I have to figure out how to use the film material. But maybe I will share it with in in different ways. So that's the work I'm doing now, with the permission from the participants, of course. Yes, it's it's really fascinating to see work like yours, very ephemeral work, in a time like this where we have a chance maybe to to slow down we take opportunities like this to process and reflect a little bit more because with ephemeral work there's such long traditions of thinking about the work and all of the possibilities for interpretation because mm. it it is it passes so quickly and so in this way it really lives the life of it really continues continues to unfold. Yeah. That seems to be kind of a silver lining of this time. And I'm curious to know from each of you what, if any, um, kind of gifts or opportunities, silver linings, perhaps you would call it, um, that you've had from this time, whether it's in a, in a moment like this or um, on your own working at home or in the work itself you know, at the museum. Um, what, uh, what particular things give you strength? Uh, I could start though. I mean, uh, personally, I had a lot of time to reflect on my work, what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. Uh, I mean, it's been difficult to work with other contexts sometimes, sitting at home, but we also had time to to rethink, to start new projects, to, I mean, just to have the museum open for people to have a place to come to where it's quite safe. I mean, it's a big museum, a lot of space, no people at all. Just to come there and contemplate on the art and be there by yourself has been a great gift to give to people when nothing else happened around you. And for myself, I did that too. I went to see so much art during the pandemic because I got bored at home. So I knew that wherever I would go and visit some museums and art centers, I would be probably alone. So 
I had a great time with the art by myself, meditating in the, in the art centers. So a lot of time to reflect, a lot of time for yoga, and a lot of time for art for, for me personally, and to rethink what I'm doing and why. Hmm. How frequently would you, you go to other places? Like uh, museums and so on? Yes. Uh, every week. Wow, that's great. And how about you, Thomas? Um, I would say that uh, the silver lining, uh, I think it was uh, Manda Menard that said it in the previous uh, discussion that uh, it was nice for a change to have a, to, <clears throat> to don't ha have to have a reason to just stay at home. Uh, and I can totally agree. Uh, I think that, uh, but also uh, listening to Berit and uh, her, uh, when she talked about Annette, uh, I think we have, uh, the, the, the pandemic has uh, really affected us differently. Uh, for me, I live in, uh, in the countryside, I have space around me, I have my family close. Uh, it's just sort of nice to, to see the, the society around me slowing down a bit. Uh, and I haven't really, of course, it has been, we, I haven't been to Stockholm to visit my family either for, for quite some time now, but they are safe and sound and we can talk uh, in, 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 in this format instead, uh, which we do often. So, uh, but I think that uh, for the whole society, I, hopefully people will see that you don't have to run around all the time and it's okay to 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 relax because this is what the planet needs basically uh it needs for us to to find other ways of uh communicating and, and living our lives and uh and you you asked early on about how, how the pandemic has uh, affected Skövde and the small businesses. And, and one thing that actually has happened in, in Skövde at least is that people have started to, to shop more locally, to, to support the local uh, stores. So I have, I have a friend, that she's a, she runs a small uh, interior design and clothes shop and uh, her, her sales uh, has increased, uh, I, I think she said 24% uh, this year uh, compared to, to last year. So uh, people are, are sort of starting to make more sense now, I think. Mm. Uh, That's great. Uh, yeah, I saw a question from Mandy to Barrett, I think. Or oh, Amy, Amy, sorry. In the chat. Yes, Amy asks Barrett if you can talk about how you approach the connection between craft, meaning crochet and fiber, and the body with your work. How do you approach that connection? Uh, yeah, as I said earlier that um, um, the crochet started in a way that uh, uh, was directly bodily from my breathing and it was a, um, how do you say, översättning, help me out, Translation. Translation. Um, a, from my body, the, the, the notions that I have in my body, the tension and the, the pain or the, the joy or whatever, 
So the crochet sort of was a way to express that. Um, and it was never meant to be anything like a product or a, a, a finished piece. It was just an ongoing rhythm from my body. So it's, it's very uh, connected to my bodily sensations, you could say. Is that the answer that sort of explains? Sure. Um, and also, I use it around me and also spatially. So the body is in the crochet. So I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's a relation to the body from the start. Thank you. Yeah. So to conclude our conversation, I wanted to invite everybody who is, does have their video off to, to just put it on again so we can be in the room together and see each other, which is very special. And um, to thank you all for, for joining us today. If there's any other questions, anything you'd like to share or, or comment, um, it's just really great to, to look at you. And, and maybe um, those of us who, who popped on could just say where you're, where you're connecting in from. Let's start with, with Rika. Uh, I'm, you mean physically in Homer? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, hi, Matt and Thomas. Hi, <laughs> and hi Rika. Hi. So nice to see you again. So nice to see you again. I'm just so pleased that this connection is deepening and that we're just doing more and more and having more and more conversations together. Um, so I'm in Homer, in my house, in my dark office. <laughs> and thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Susan. Thank you. Unmute there. Buddy, uh, nice to see you all, and thank you. And I'm in Anchorage, Alaska. Thank you for a wonderful hour. And Asia, thanks for putting this all together. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, thank you, Susan. And so nice to see you again as well. Yeah, nice to see you here, Susan. Yeah. Thank you. Amy. Oh, I am also um, in Anchorage. Um, homeland of the Denaina people, who I'm so grateful have stewarded this land for so long and allows me to raise my children in this place. Um, it's such a treat to see you again, Meta and Thomas and um, Bareth, to learn more about your work. I'm excited for this exchange to happen um, in person eventually, but so, so privileged to have this ongoing conversation be be a part of my life right now. So thank you. Thank you, Asia. Thanks, Amy. Mandy, it's really good to see you here today. I'm looking forward to bringing you back into a dialogue that takes us into this time in, in your studio and your thoughts as we anticipate the residency that awaits you eventually <laughs> and, and how you're maneuvering the pandemic. Where are you at this moment? Thank you. I'm looking forward to it as well. And it's nice to see all of you again. Um, and I'm in Homer at home. Hi, I'm in Anchorage and uh, there's another wonderful hour. And I think it's pure magic to think that uh, 
half of us on my screen here are in Sweden and that we are connecting across continents and uh, I want to say thank you to everyone and sweet dreams hopefully not about the pandemic thank you <laughs> thank you thank you Christina you're in Sweden are you in Sweden yeah. in the dark yeah <laughs> we are, well, Shell and myself, we are at home in the dark, so you don't see very much of us, I'm afraid. But we're sitting here enjoying being part of this uh, conversation and this uh, being together so far away from each other and so close still. That's a very nice experience. And both of us, we will actually work together with uh, Thomas and Mette at uh, the Art Museum in Skövde. So um, we've been hearing a lot about this and uh, we know Berit since a long time ago also. So uh, it's, uh, it's a very nice experience to, to meet all of you like this. So uh, thank you for this evening. It's been very nice. I'm so glad you've joined us. It's so nice to meet some more of the museum's staff and we look forward to meeting you in person someday. Thank you. Definitely. Looking forward to meeting you guys also. This is one of those silver linings of the pandemic. This would never have happened. I don't think. So, so uh, at least being able to sit and, and speak with one other, another like this. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, I think that's one of the biggest silver linings that, uh, that, that we have really understood how how we can communicate without meeting each other in person uh, and I really hope and, and think that this is something that will just continue after and bringing us to, closer together and making the world a little bit smaller I think yeah hopefully so yes Jan Wallace where are you connecting to us from I found out if I hold my space bar, it unmutes for a minute or two. Um, I'm in Soldatna, and uh, I just have clicked into the talks that are going on, and I just need um, the thought inspirations. So I thank you all very much. Thank you, Jan. It's great for you to join us. I, I think it's quite fascinating when, um, you know, when, when we were sort of in, really affirmed or inspired to deepen this dialogue and connection because Thomas and Meta came to Alaska, and then we had the studio tours in Alaska. We visited Mandy's studio. Of course, you guys visited several studios at Anchorage and in Homer. And then we at Vanell applied to this fund for international understanding through the Alaska Community Foundation. Really, that it, it makes me think too of the impact of support from major sponsors and donors because that action is really um, what inspired us to start this dialogue on a deeper level. I mean, it came because of you, but then we decided to invest more time. And so as a, as a um, fund to support international understanding, it's quite fascinating how it's already really working, <laughs> how, it's, how it's happening. And it doesn't just happen 
through the physical residency, but the ways in which we're able to share these spaces now.